and you have a good camera, good lenses, you're capturing the exact representation of who they are and what they are. Welcome to the Retro Photo Film Podcast, where we break down 50 years of film and digital photography with a true Renaissance man. Grab your favorite darkroom snack. It's time to talk photography with your host, Al Talene. Hi, this is Al Talene. Welcome to Retro Photo Film Podcast. Today, I want to talk Custer. Not custard, not that wonderful stuff that you eat that's great. No, George Armstrong Custer. All right. I have gone to his, his, I guess it's Hardin, Montana's uh, reenactments, not his, but it's a reenactment about him. Every year, Hardin, Montana puts on a reenactment of Custer's last stand. Not in the actual place, because that is now a national monument to Custer and his brave soldiers who were there, but to reenact what happened at the battle. In 1991, I decided that I wanted to do something more than just the Mountain Men Rendezvous events that I was going to, the Civil War events that I was going to, and I saw the Custer battles, and I thought, this could be a really fun thing to photograph. So I did. I made contact with them, and through a few letters and everything, I got my press pass to come up and be, because I like to do that, because whenever I'm going to an event, I call ahead, talk to the people, and say, this is who I am, this is what I do, I publish books, I write history, stuff. So can I be one of your press people? And, and I do publish things about it. So they always were very kind and nice, gave me a press pass. So the first year that I went up there, it was really cool because they had a man there who was playing the part of Custer, who was absolutely just a dead ringer. Awesome. He had made himself look, with, especially with his clothing and his hair, his mustache, everything looked like Custer. The great part about that first year of going up there was the fact that the Lakota Indians who were reenacting the battle were very authentic in their dress and what they were doing and their especially they rode bareback they didn't put saddles on they rode bareback now in the next few years some of them got a little lazy and decided not to ride bareback and so they just threw blankets over their saddles <laughs> but the first couple of years that I was there photographing and I went back several years they rode bareback and it was really beautiful and it was done just wonderfully. There's a huge audience that comes and pays their money to watch this battle unfold in front of them. And it's kind of a really fun spectacular. It's not fun in the range that that all these people are, are shooting each other and dying, but it is beautiful to watch the horsemanship and what is going on with the people who set this all up. What I would do, there is campgrounds that were there close by, and I took my little tent, went up, pitched my tent so I didn't have to pay for hotel motels, and it's not maybe that I'm a cheapskate, I don't know, maybe I am, but I rather would spend my money on film than I would on hotels, and I always had snacks in all my cases that I packed around with me, 
and it was. Those were film days, and it was film still was expensive, and I would go through quite a bit of it when I'd go on one of these adventures. Now, the great part about being there was that with all access was the fun <laughs> is that I could go to all these different places with inside of the whole arena and photograph. They actually dug pits in the ground and kind of put a board over top of it so that you could be underneath that board. Well, I wasn't totally underneath the board. It was just like you could poke your head out and the horsemen knew exactly where these holes were because they practiced quite a bit. And so they would steer away from them a lot. But I got to get in these little dugouts and shoot everything from ground level, which was really kind of fun. So I'm out there in the middle of all this, which is great. Then I also got to climb up on buildings and fences and things that they had constructed and photographed. Well, you're looking at a picture today of George Armstrong Custer. And the picture that I have is I was on top of this fence about oh, 15 feet in the air and just, just waiting for the battle to start. And along comes Mr. Custer riding on his horse, just trotting through. And I'm standing there with my, or I'm sitting on top of this fence, really. It's like a high thing. And I've got my legs wrapped around so I won't fall off. Got both of my hands free so I can shoot. And he kind of trots by. And then he stops his horse and he turns around and he gives me this really dirty look. And that's the look that you have to see in the photograph. He was disgusted that the paparazzi got to be there, invade his little space. Now, it's true that that's exactly what was happening. But in later months, years, this main actor grew to love that photograph because it was that hard, cold look of a George Armstrong Custer. So he actually used that as his publicity photo, and we cropped it in and just used his face and, and the lance that he was holding and seemed sitting there was great. So, and I have no qualms about that. I'm going, hey, I'm happy to share it. He's the one posing for me. He's the one making my photographs look great. So I'm always, always, always very happy to give back and share with the people because it's their hard work, their expense. I mean, his outfit alone was probably several thousand dollars because all handmade and all out of leather and just exquisite, even back down to his gloves and his scarf, everything. So it's important when you're photographing someone, some event, something that's important that you give back because whatever it is that you're photographing has been created by someone and that someone has put a lot of hard work and time into it. And so therefore they deserve to have those things back. So I don't, I don't sell them back to them. I'm happy to give to people. The creators of this event actually built the facade of a fort, which had a big opening in it where the horsemen would ride in and out. They had an encampment out in front of the fort but it was just a facade. It just it was one of those things they could take up and put down because they moved the reenactment around because they needed a huge, 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 huge fields and a lot of acres and property for this to take place. For the one for the grandstands that they put for people to sit down and watch and they went up like 15, 20 tiers so that you could see way up there and see far out of because 
it was a lot of distance. It wasn't like 10 feet in front of you. It was quite a ways away that all the action was happening and the guns were firing and the horses were going on. And, and when the guns were firing, you have to remember that when you're doing a reenactment, whether it's Civil War or whether it's Mountain Men, the guns are black powder guns and they are using those, but they, they're not like blank bullets, but they're just powder. And so even when you are shooting something like that, the end of a rifle, a two to three foot blast of powder, of flame could shoot out of that. So you always aim when you're looking at, you're going to shoot someone and shoot towards them. You aim way up above and shoot, but it doesn't look like you're shooting up above their heads or shooting above them, but it does look like you're doing the real thing, but it is aimed up. And that's because of the fact you need to make sure that no one is in line of fire of that blast. Now, besides setting up a whole uh, fort, they also set up a complete Indian village. With, and I say Indian village, uh, you know, I don't know if I need to be politically correct here and say Native American village, but it, they're still the Lakota Indians, and that they are proud of is their name. But they set it up with teepees, and they had ladies and kids and braves walking around, doing their work, cooking, f working. It looked exactly, if you walked into that, just walked in, you would be like, wow, these people are just right here, just doing all their stuff. Now, I never, I, I did get close, but I never got to walk right in amongst them and just photograph them individually. So I was still a little bit away away, but I had a good telephoto lens, so I got great stuff when I was doing that. But that in itself was authentic, and they had authentic dress that they were doing that with. And that's important, because when you're photographing it, and you have a good camera, good lenses, you're capturing the exact representation of who they are and what they are. So if you're just using a cloth-looking pair of breeches or it's supposed to look like leather, or you're wearing a pair of blue jeans with a yellow stripe down the side as a cavalry person, that's really bad. And you're wearing cowboy boots instead of in your <laughs> on your horse instead of regular boots. The cavalry people who came were very authentic. They actually came from California, so they would drive up with their horses and all their tack and everything from California and be in Montana and spend several days because this, this was like a three-day event. And they would ride, but they were authentic looking. And this is the most important part about doing reenacting and f seeing what is happening in front of you. you. If you're a long distance away, yes, you can't tell there's a difference between a blue pair of pants with a yellow stripe down or a pair of Levi's that just have <laughs> yellow duct tape going down the side. <laughs> Or as example is one of the other ones that I saw was that the armbands that the Indians were wearing, some of them were just beautifully silver pieces done awesome. The other ones that I saw were <laughs> a Coke can cut apart, turned around, and you had you had this silver part of the Coke can wrapped around their arm, and that was their bracelets for their upper arms or, or their around their wrists. They would try to get away with anything. But that all happened a couple of years later because those first couple of years that I was there, everything was authentic to the bone. And that's really important when you're photographing.
I myself became kind of a celebrity when I was up there at the reenactments because of the fact that I gave back so many prints to people and even to the hardened chamber of commerce who put this on, I would give them back photographs. One time I made up this complete series, 11 by 14 prints with the 16 by 20 mat on them. And I had probably eight prints in there and I brought it up, gave it to them. And I was handing it over to the person and the guy thought he'd pick it up and he'd start looking at the prints. Oh, these are beautiful. And his hands were absolutely disgustingly dirty. He'd been out doing something. But anyway, so he left all of his fingerprints all over my white mats, which I'm going, well, they're yours. You do whatever you want with them now. But that's, I don't think he tried to be insensitive. He just didn't know what was going on. In the consecutive years that I went there, I actually took fellow photographers with me and gave them press passes to enjoyed. I even took my sons with me at different times and we photographed the Hardin Montana reenactment and then there was a reenactment that was put on at Medicine Cooley Bend which is the bend in the Little Bighorn River where the actual battle started. Uh, that portion of the land is actually still owned by the Indians. So each year they would also have a second reenactment there with not a large amount of people and not a large crowd to watch it, but they would also put it on there. It was quite enjoyable. And it was very interesting to see the perspective of how, because this was put on by the Indians rather than by the hardened uh, Chamber of Commerce. And so they told their side of the story of kind of things, what happened. Now, the outcome never did change change at all and still ended up with all of those soldiers and George Armstrong Custer dying on the battlefield. I have posted quite a few of my photographs and including several of them where I'm actually in the middle of a river photographing one of these battles at the Little Bighorn River but they're on my Instagram account. Go back and sift through the past year you'll see several of them that I have posted on this. I enjoy doing what I do I don't do as much anymore as I did back then. So a lot of these are retro photos <laughs> and retro times that I have had and done, but I still enjoy it. And, and I loved being there. I loved the excitement. I loved the adrenaline rush. And I love my photography. I have wonderful equipment. I don't know if it's the best in the world, but it did great for me. And I always loved shooting and creating what I think could have happened in the past to make it look like the past. Thanks for tuning in, and I, I appreciate you listening to my ramblings and my craziness and seeing some of the photos that I do. Always check out my Instagram. You'll find fun stuff. See you next time. You have been listening to the Retro Photo Film Podcast. Follow Al on Instagram at Retro Photo Film to see all his latest photos and learn more about the stories behind the photos.